0: Do you know someone who is crazy smart, almost a genius, and yet they don't know how to live life? Maybe they're book smart, but street stupid. If you don't have anyone mind, there's a chance someone has you in mind. There's a big difference in being knowledgeable and being wise. There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is knowing how to apply that information. Or as someone said, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Proverbs 4, 7 says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you know the book of Proverbs, its entire goal, its aim, purpose, its thesis is to give God's people God's wisdom. Today, we're going to learn about wisdom, and so hopefully we can all wise up a little bit more today. God knows, I think we all know, our world is in short supply of true wisdom from above, And we need massive amounts of people who have the wisdom of God inside of them, making great changes everywhere they go and live. So, if you have a Bible, let's turn to James chapter 3. We're just going to read 3 verses 13 through 18, five or six verses on the subject of wisdom, where to get it, how to get it, the differences, and all this. It's really great. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits; impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is the word of our Lord. As we jump in here, there are two forms of wisdom defined for us. There is wisdom from above and in contrast, there is wisdom from below. And let's first ask the question, what kind of wisdom do you have? Are you a wisdom from above type person? Or are you operating more from a place of wisdom from below? Now, it's not a fun question, but it is an important point of reflection and a very important question to ask ourselves Regularly. Here's what wisdom from below looks like. Here's how you can spot it. Wisdom that comes from below, as James says, is three things. Earthly, unspiritual, some actually say sensual, and demonic. And that phrase, earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, is a direct correlation and a hint to our three enemies that the Bible talks to us about. Ephesians 2 tells us that our three enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world and james here says earthly the the flesh james here says unspiritual or, or of the nature of this world and then the third one the devil not a hard translation demonic so the world the flesh and the devil from ephesians 2 and here earthly unspiritual unspiritual uh, or sensual and demonic the wisdom from below has four dead giveaways and it's not really hard to spot the wisdom from below. Although we can very quickly become deceived into thinking it's good wisdom. We find this in verse 14. First, it's envious. There's bitter jealousy. Second, there's selfish ambition. Some have called selfish ambition strife or um, a party or dividing spirit, which is political language in, in the Greek. And third, there's boasting. It's one thing to boast in the Lord or to give testimony and communicate news in a way that glorifies God. It's a whole nother thing to speak in such a way that builds you up. That's boasting. And then fourth, there is deceit, being false to the truth. Now notice the sequence here. First is envy and bitter jealousy. That leads to selfish ambition that seeks to divide. That's the party spirit of strife politically. In order to win the approval of others, because strife is political language, you have to boast about yourself or campaign, which inevitably involves telling lies or worse, half-truths, deception. When you experience those four things, that's your sign to show you that there is a wisdom from below that is at work. Where you experience envy, in bitter jealousy, selfish ambition and strife, boasting in oneself, and deception, false truth, you have encountered wisdom from below, either in your life or in the life of others or in the life of leaders of an organization or system or whatever. All right, that's depressing. What does wisdom from above look like? There's actually a longer list here and it's so great. Starting in verse 13, we see the first sign of wisdom from above is meekness or or humility. Godly wisdom is humble. It's not arrogant. Because God is humble. God is not arrogant. Now some especially in this world. Mistake meekness to be weakness. But meekness isn't weakness. Meekness in humility is power under control. Jesus was the meekest person to ever walk the earth. He was also the most powerful. Meekness is having power under control like a horse. It is the first sign to godly wisdom. Uh, This week I heard a podcast of a friend of mine named Jay Heck, and he had a a, a friend on named Morgan Snyder. And there's a kind of a throwaway line that was in this podcast. and, And Morgan said, in the kingdom of God, you have two choices. You either choose humility and humble yourself, or by not choosing humility, you choose humiliation. Wisdom from above first is humble, has humility. There is a meekness to it. If you jump to verse 17, um, we see a litany of other evidences. Wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy. Uh, To be full of something is to be controlled by that thing. Hopefully, we can be full of God and not full of something else. There is a joke there somewhere. Uh, There's good fruit Next in line, Jesus said, You'll know them by their fruits. Fruits, very important. Wisdom from above is also impartial, meaning it's reasonable and it's open to reason. Finally, wisdom from above is sincere, it's open and honest. It has nothing to hide, there's no false pretense, there's no manipulation. It's just, it is what it is. And then in verse 18, we see the language of a harvest. It seems to not really fit, but but it's actually really important, and because this is life, this is life in general. It's especially life for the follower of Jesus, sowing and reaping. Galatians six seven says, "Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap." Some people call it karma. Some people call it you know what goes around comes around. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. If you reap. Uh, division. You'll, or if you sow division, you'll reap division. If you sow peace, you'll reap peace. you sow generosity, you'll reap generosity. you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship. It's just how the kingdom of heaven works. God will not be mocked. You reap what we sow. Um, James is saying here that God's wisdom brings about God's blessing of peace that is produced not by man or woman, but by God himself through sowing and reaping. Look at the evidences or signs of each type of wisdom. We'll put this on the screen. And this might be a good thing to save or screenshot or write down. If you're ever in a situation where you need the wisdom of God, you can take the temperature of the situation by looking at these two lists to see how best you can repent and respond. These are the two ways of wisdom, the wisdom from below versus the wisdom from above. Now, now, keep looking at these, and let me uh, just kind of gently step in here and let's apply the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below to an area we can all relate to right now, and it is the human response to the racial injustice that has been and is prevalent in our society, in our nation. Now, last week I shared Dr. Luritz's sermon uh, because it blessed me, and like many of you, For the last month, I've been keeping a close eye on the news and somewhat on social media, although it seems to be a dumpster fire. And to be honest, it has sickened me, Um, not because of the issue of racism. Um, That disturbs me. Um, obviously. Um, I went to a predominantly black junior high school and high school when I was a kid. And from a very young age, I've been aware of and I've been thinking about racism in America since I was in seventh grade. It was a great gift my parents gave me by uh, not sending me to the rich white school, but sending me literally across the tracks to the east side to a school called Kirby. And the high school I went to, no lie, was called Hershey High School in Wichita Falls. Spelled differently, but the irony was there. The racism doesn't surprise me. It does sicken me. But what sickens me beyond uh, the systemic racism, what sickens me beyond um, uh, the murder of George Floyd, which is awful, um, which seems more than our soul can bear. What's worse is the spirit in which things are being communicated. The um, divisive, um uh, just violence ensuing nature and and almost the, the the dramatization of this very important stuff that needs to be communicated, but the way in which it's being communicated ha- has been just so disgusting to me. Um, if I turn on Fox News or CNN or NBC or CBS, I'm equally disgusted in all of the outlets and honestly after a month of of trying to, Um, see things and keep up to things, Uh, I found myself in the last two weeks uh, driven beyond lament into despair Um, because I saw and I heard no hope. I saw and heard conflicting opinions, conflicting ways to move forward, and it just leaves you kind of paralyzed and numb with no hope, only division, And I believe that for the last month, I've been tasting the fruit of wisdom from below. If you look at the uh, evidences of wisdom from below, uh, I think you'd agree. From that place of despair, I heard Dr. Loritz preach. And it was like drinking a glass of fresh water where the other tasted like murky, stale swamp water. In in my estimation, hearing Dr. Luritz, maybe I'm biased because I'm a pastor and he's a pastor, but hearing him share his experience, share everything that he shared at last week, it was like hearing wisdom from above being applied to the issue of racism in our culture and injustice. And when I turn on the news, it seems for the most part, I'm trying not to do a broad brush here, but for the most part, in my experience, it seems like it's the wisdom from below being applied. Now, while our nation has a great opportunity to acknowledge and repent from the centuries-old racism that has been systemically installed into the fabric of America over the last 400 years, there is a way the world, the flesh, and the devil would approach that. And there's a way that God would have us approach that. Pastorally, I encourage you to look at the events that have unfolded and that will continue to unfold. And before um, anything, first ask the maker of the mountains, ask the king of heaven, the prince of peace, who says the government will be upon my shoulders, as he says in Isaiah. First, ask God for wisdom and evaluate how you are responding. Are you a resp- are, are you responding in the way of the world, the flesh, or the devil? Or are you responding in a heavenly way as Jesus taught and demonstrated with his life? And just uh, in case you didn't know, Jesus takes um, the oppression of people and in injustice extremely seriously. He doesn't turn a blind eye to it. Now, You can apply this wisdom from below, wisdom from above in many situations, both big and small. And so I don't really know what's going on in your life um, apart from um, this example in our culture that I gave. But I want to encourage you to to think about um, where are you seeking the wisdom of above? Um, Or where are you seeking the wisdom from below? Where do you need that wisdom applied to your life? 1 Corinthians 1 says, where is the one who is wise? both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. I love that. And because of him, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's fascinating how the phrasing of the gospel message in Corinthians resonates so deeply with all those different themes that James is teaching us today, and even how we're applying it into our life. The first step towards wisdom from above is receiving Jesus, the wisdom of God personified. Jesus is the wisdom of God walking around in sandals. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I had lunch with a friend this week and we were talking about the gospel and and she uh, grew up in Cuba under a communist regime and, and she told me of when she first heard the gospel and it was in this language of, you are eternally loved by nothing you've done, by none of your effort. The gospel is that you are eternally loved. So great. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want to encourage you to maybe um, pay attention to what God's doing in your life. And even if maybe you're listening and you would not consider yourself a Christian or a believer, I want you to know you are eternally loved, not because of anything you've done or anything you can do. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've left undone. You are eternally loved. And the wisdom of God came down and he lived the life you couldn't live. He paid the price you couldn't pay and he gave his life on the cross. We preach Christ crucified. He is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God that we desperately need. The first step to wisdom is receiving Christ, welcoming him in to your life. I want to encourage you to do that today. Be open to that. If you need help working that out, please let us know, reach out. We'd love to pray with you, talk to you about that. Moving on to our next steps, I want to encourage you to uh, pray and identify an area in your life, a situation where you need God's wisdom. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's trying to make payroll. Maybe it's with your kids or your family or your spouse or moving or your health. I don't really know what the situation is for you, but pick an area where you desperately need the wisdom of God. And here's the great thing. You ask James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Find an area where you need wisdom and pray and ask God for wisdom and he will give you wisdom from above. And then third, do it. Right, Wisdom is not knowledge. It is putting into practice correctly the knowledge given to you. Heavenly Father, We give you thanks for loving us eternally before the foundations of the world and for giving us, Jesus, the wisdom of God personified. Lord, we open our hands, we open our hearts and our minds And we repent from any and all ways in which we have sought to do things with the wisdom of this earth, this world, our flesh, or the devil. We renounce those things. We push them far from us. We lift our eyes not to the mountains, but above the mountains where our help comes from. And we ask you, maker of the mountains, give us the revelation that we need. Give us the wisdom that we need. Help us to know how to be wise in you and give us the courage through as Jesus said in Matthew 7 to not just hear from you, but to hear from you and to be wise, to put it into practice and to build our house on the rock. We love you. We thank you. We bless you, Jesus. Amen. Let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven,